are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locks on Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? Always wonderful, and might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show. We got another crossover because it's Division Day. So we are talking to Locked On Dodgers today, but we are not talking to uh, Jeff Snyder. We're actually talking to his partner in crime, Vince Samperio, today. So it's going to be a good one. I'm going to be asking him about the uh, Trevor Bauer signing. He's a kind of a controversial player, so we get into that. I ask him, how much does Clay and Kershaw have left in the tank, and why can't more MLB teams Go after players like the Dodgers do. So it's a fun conversation, jam-packed with a whole bunch of different topics. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Lockroom. This episode is brought to you by Lockroom. Download the app and join me this week, Friday afternoon. I think I'm going live at 12.30 PST this Friday. And to get in on the action, you just got to download the app and follow me on Lockroom at Miller Thomas. Lockroom, changing the way we talk sports. Now, let's get into that conversation between Vince Samperio of Locked On Dodgers and I. All right, D-backs fans, it's crossover day once again, and we got Vince Samperio of Locked On Dodgers today. Vince, say what's up to the D-backs listeners. Oh, what's up, D-backs fans? I'm sure uh, maybe some of you have come across my tweets slandering the D-backs in the past. So uh, if, you're, if you're not new, uh, hello, and if you are new, uh, welcome. Yeah, we've never had Vince on the pod before. We've had Jeff on, but this is the first time we're doing the crossover with Vince, and it's Division Day, so I think we got to start here. And it, you know, it's what I ask all the people on Division Day to start it off. How do you think your off season went? Because of course, you guys got Trevor Bauer, the big fish. You know, probably the number one pitcher on the market. But you guys did lose some guys in free agency. You lost Kike Hernandez. Pedro Baez, Alex Wood, Jake McGee. So you did bring in Jake. Uh, you did bring in Trevor Bauer, but you lost some dudes as well. So how did you think of the offseason? Yeah, it was kind of interesting offseason, similar to last year's offseason, where they didn't really make too many moves. A couple of guys here and there uh, went to other teams. And then in February, the Dodgers just decided, oh, let's go get the best player available. Last year it was Mookie Betts via trade. This year, Trevor Bauer uh, via free agency. So, yeah, it was kind of, you know, Jock Peterson will be missed. Kike Hernandez will be missed. Probably more so in the postseason than the actual regular season. Uh, But getting Trevor Bauer, it just adds to, you know, he has really good postseason numbers. Obviously, he can sustain pitching most of the time without getting hurt. And, uh, you know, he doesn't even necessarily slot into the number one spot, but he can be a number one for most teams. So it's just a a luxury that the Dodgers added that kind of strengthens their pitching staff just because everyone else moves down a slot. So you got a couple, probably these couple of the younger arms move to the bullpen where they can, you know, throw 100 miles an hour and not have to worry about going five innings. 
Yeah, that Dodgers rotation is insane. I mean, David Price has come back. He's probably, what, your guy's number four, then Julio Urias, number five. Put Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin down the bullpen. Those guys would be number three starters on the D-backs team. So that's insane depth that you guys have. But Trevor Bauer, you know, he's an interesting fellow. And if you just kind of look at his career, he was arguably, I mean, he was the best pitcher in the NL this year. That's why he won the Cy Young. But if you look at his overall career, 2020 was amazing. 2018 had another stellar year. But outside of that, his his career numbers aren't that great. So do you think 2020 was kind of a fluke year? Or do you think you're going to see more of that in 2021 season? Yeah, it it probably, you know, he definitely benefited. Uh, It's no it's no shock that the top two NL Cy Youngs were guys that played in the central uh, where there was, you know, I think eight of the 10 worst offenses or something like that. Uh, So, you know, it makes sense in that in that realm. Uh, His his RPMs on his fastballs, his revolutions per minute has gotten up a lot uh, last year, which, you know, benefits him. I think moving to the Dodgers and kind of their strategy, I would imagine they're working together, kind of figuring out how they want to attack. The Dodgers like to use fastballs up in the zone. Bowers fastball is pretty, pretty up there uh, in elite status. And, you know, if they get him up in the zone a little bit more, I'm sure it'll benefit him. So the good thing for the Dodgers is that they don't need him to be a Cy Young to necessarily, you know, win the division or, or even have success in the playoffs. They just need him to be you know, pretty good. And uh, I think he'll definitely be able to be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, as a Cy Young guy, you would expect him to at least be pretty good, especially with that fat contract, three years, $100 million. But if you're active in our Locked On you know, MLB chat, you know, he's not a big fan in the MLB chat. They do not like uh, Trevor Bauer. Is it, what do you want to say about that? <laughs> he's a very – yeah, I mean, he's a polarizing guy on social media. So you know, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it was, you know, kind of bittersweet, I would say, in a sense, when the Dodgers signed him. You had a lot of Dodger fans kind of upset because of previous tweets and, and previous things he said. You got a lot of Dodger fans either just don't care because their team got better. And then, you know, if you kind of get off Twitter and, and kind of get into the real world, those fans don't really know what's going on. So they're all excited. The Dodgers just signed, a, you know, last year's Cy Young. So it, it was a it was an interesting moment. It's, it's every time he pitches, even in spring training, it's been an interesting time on Twitter. But you know, at this point, it's kind of, you know, that a lot of that stuff's in the past. And some of the stuff is, is maybe a little bit problematic in his views, but it was most of that, the problematic stuff was more five years ago. So, you know, a lot of people had different views in 2016 than they do now, just based on how the world went the last five years. Uh, so, you know, I, I kind of try to give him the benefit of the doubt in that extent. And some of the stuff is just his views. And honestly, you know, even if you don't agree with his views politically or, or whatever else it is, uh, you know, th- there's no reason for him to kind of conform to what everyone else is thinking yeah and i'm okay with someone sharing their views he does have some controversial stuff in his past but maybe he's grown from that and maybe he's learned from that but as we were saying three years 100 million dollars it was like 102 or something like that so overall what do you think of that contract did they overpay for him or do you not mind the money sent for him yeah i mean i always like to say that it's not my money so you know Mm. at the end of the day the the Dodgers contract with their with their uh, RSN with with Sports in LA pays for you know a lot of that stuff can can pay for pretty much a payroll for sometimes, uh, but yeah I I think they overpaid it a bit just because you know it really seemed that it was just them in the midst at the end there wasn't really a bidding war going on they both had similar money on the table he ended up choosing the Dodgers after kind of you know almost taking the Mets just based on the fact that it is team accidentally released all the Mets gear on Twitter and, and stuff like that. So I think they overpaid, but I think they did what they wanted to do. The Dodgers have a lot of, a lot of young guys that are, you know, still under their, their rookie deals or their, their freaking you know, arbitration and all that. So they're going to be relatively cheap the next three, four years. So they can afford to overpay for Bauer now. And then, you know, probably see 
he'll probably see his way out after that. And it gives Bauer what he wants. You know, if he wants to leave after every single year, he can. Uh, you know, he gets a lot of the money in the first two years. Last year, he kind of plays really cheap at around 18 mil. So uh, it was a good structure the way they did. They've tried to do it a few times with a couple other guys. Bryce Harper, namely, uh, didn't work out. And then they ended up going long-term with Mookie. So, I, you know, they obviously have a threshold for guys they want to go long-term with and guys they don't. Uh, Harper and, and Bauer were one of those that they didn't want to. And Bauer ended up taking the taking the bait. Yeah, I don't think I mind overpaying for Trav, uh, Trevor Bauer just because it was only a three-year deal. I think maybe if it was like, you know, the same average annual salary, but over like a seven-year deal or something like that, one of those like David Price type contracts, then I think I would have a problem with it. But I don't mind overpaying for guys if it's a two or three-year deal because, I mean, he's still going to be in his prime. You're going to get the best years out of him during that time. So I don't think I mind too much overpaying for him during that. But why can't more teams overpay for guys like that? Is it... Like you said, because they don't have you mentioned the RSN and revenue and things like that. And looking at revenue for baseball teams, the average baseball team makes around 300 million in revenue. And the Dodgers payroll, it's like 200 million dollars. You know, Miami Marlins pull in around 220 million dollars in revenue. I think most teams can you know, get the players they want. You see the Dodgers, they already had a, a fully stacked lineup and then they go out and assign a, a guy like Trevor Bauer. So I think small market teams can do it as well. I think it just depends if they have the owner that's willing to spend the money. So why don't you think more small market teams try to go with this model of just going after the best guys? Because I kind of think uh, you will bring in more money if you have better players on your roster. You'll hear Vince's answer to that question, but first, I want to talk to you guys about Locker Room because this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Diamondbacks podcast once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen here every day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on the Locker Room, uh, on the Locker Room app for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week, this Friday at 12:30 PST. I'll be hosting a room. Just go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MOB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Miller Thomas to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it, so I'm planning to be live this week, this Friday, 12.30 PST. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Diamondbacks. See you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. I also want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because we have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup. Cookies and cream versus coconut almond. And this one was an easy one because who doesn't love cookies and cream? I mean, it's probably my go-to flavor of any snack. 
Now, if you want to vote, go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to that conversation between Vince Amperio and I. Yeah, it's really interesting, you know, being the owner of a team, you know, I believe the Cardinals guy said, you know, it's not a, you're not in it to make money, but at the end of the day, it's liquid assets. You know, if you buy the team, uh, you know, if you bought the Dodgers right now at, you know, let's say 4 billion in probably 10 years, you're going to be worth 8 billion, you double your investment. So, you know, you, and, but it, you got to put the product, you know, you got to put into your product. And, and that's what a lot of these teams it's kind of weird because I don't know, I guess they don't see enough a dip in attendance or a dip in whatever, you know, sales or whatever else that uh, to kind of go after it. We've seen a lot of teams kind of try to rebuild. We saw the Astros do, we saw the Cubs do it. Now they're kind of going back down and maybe what are going to have to rebuild in the next couple of years or, or probably the Cubs for sure. And yeah, a lot of the times when the owners are crying poor, it's because they know they can get away with pretty much anything and that's the biggest issue with, you know, baseball in general and kind of the way the game's going is that they're not necessarily looking out for the team or trying to put the best product on the field. Uh, you know, they're just trying to, I don't know, get by and, and not not lose too much, I guess, in terms of fans. So it kind of sucks for everyone. Obviously, the Dodgers have really benefited from the last few years, uh, being able to either get guys on on take on money in order to to get talent or whatever else it was. Uh, so it, it's benefit the Dodgers, so I don't mind, but I would really prefer to have every team out there trying to win. Yeah, I wish everyone, especially, you know, my team, the D-backs, want to spend money like the Dodgers because, I mean, it's baseball. There's no salary cap. There's no reason why we can't go out there and get the best players available if we truly wanted to. But I want to shift the conversation a little bit and talk about Clayton Kershaw because – he is a guy, you know, entering his mid-30s now. So I want to know, how much do you think he has left in the tank? Yeah, Kershaw's an interesting case. He's really lost velocity the last few years. You know, earlier when he came up, he was around 96 when he first came up. Uh, all those MVP years, he was around 93, 94. And now he, you know, more in the 90, 91 range. Uh, so it, it he's had to really change his style and change the way he pitches. You know, before when you're throwing 92, 93, 94, and then your slider's at 87, you know, it's a big difference in velocity. So the, the you know, slider looks like fastball and then it dips away. Whereas when they're both, you know, 91, it's a, it's a lot harder, it's a lot easier to hit 91 mile an hour fastball for these guys than it is 93. So it just makes a difference. He's had to really work on his slider. You know, he's had the curveball work. He's had to really pitch a little bit smarter. Uh, he's, he's, he's still one of the best at getting a first pitch strike over. And a lot sometimes teams take, advantage of that and swing early in the count and we've definitely seen him give up some runs uh because of that but yeah he he's you know he he would pitch like an ace last year he had a relatively good postseason he dominated the brewers uh pitched okay against the padres it kind of got away from the team and later the innings uh had two wins in the world series so he's definitely got that, that between his smarts kind of like you know zach Greinke when he was around with the D-backs and now with the Astros where the velocity's gone down, but he's smart enough to still get outs and probably still be productive. Uh, but his days as like a number one ace are probably limited to maybe the next one or two years. 
Yeah, and watching Madison Bumgarner all year, I know a thing or two about pitchers, you know, losing their velocity because Madison Bumgarner, his fastball velocity was sitting in the 88 miles per hour all year long. If he touched 91, that was basically him touching like 97 miles per hour or something <laughs> like that because his fastball velocity pre, uh, pretty much escaped him all year in 2020. But still looking at Clayton Kershaw's numbers, if you just looked at the traditional numbers, his strikeouts per nine is still right there with his career average the last two years. His ERA is still right there with what his career is so look at the traditional numbers even though his velocity is going down he's still pretty much giving you the same production so it feels like he still has another couple years left but I do feel like you know we know about the Clayton Kershaw playoff struggles and it feels like that narrative kind of dispelled in 2020 but I want to bring back that narrative because I feel like some <laughs> of it dispelled because there was you know limited fans in the stands it wasn't the same playoff atmosphere so do you think if we go back to full capacity maybe by the MLB postseason we'll, we'll see those Kershaw playoff struggles reemerge. Yeah, 2020 was a big year for Kershaw. It started out with the Astros cheating scandal kind of breaking and that the 2017 game five really getting dissected to where, you know, they didn't swing and miss at any of his off-speed pitches. So that that helped his narrative a little bit for, you know, majority of fans. Obviously, Astro fans are, are still going to feel the way they feel. And, uh, you know, the, in the, like I said, in the postseason, he, he did pretty well. And I think with Kershaw, I think he's finally learned that he doesn't have to be perfect. I think that's always been the issue with him, especially early on when the Dodgers offense wasn't that great. He kind of did need to be perfect. Uh, and now that he kind of has offense behind him, he's been doing it a while. I think he realizes that he doesn't have to pitch perfect. He just has to give you five or six innings of, you know, one, two run ball. Uh, but when it comes to the fans, you know, that's also part of it. When you're, you're in front of 50,000 fans, it's a lot different than being in front of 10,000 fans. You know, it's very possible that he felt a little bit more comfortable uh, you know, pitching at home, which I don't know made a big difference because he's not like he was sleeping in his own bed, but you know, that might've been part of it. It was just maybe a culmination of a few things. You know, it's definitely, if it goes back and there's, you know, maybe more fans this year and he struggles, that's probably going to come back and, and come back to him. But at the end of the day, he got to be a World Series champion. And, yeah, I think he I think the biggest thing is he just realized he doesn't have to be perfect anymore. Would you consider Clay Kershaw the Peyton Manning of MLB pitchers? Vince and I will get into a conversation about Clay Kershaw, but first... I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Today is the day. The Locked On MLB Podcast begins its division preview series. It's all on the Locked On MLB Podcast feed right now. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up that conversation with Vince. 
I mean, it's interesting because obviously, you know, top of the game never quite made it or ended up now they have one. You know, if Kershaw can win one, maybe uh, as a number three starter over here in the next couple of years, but kind of like Peyton when he was with the Broncos, it, mm-hmm. the narrative fits really well if you go that way. Uh, you know, obviously on my end, I'm not going to, you know, say Kershaw, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the struggles have been there. He's had really good games in the postseason. He's had uh, a couple clunkers and it, it just all mixed in. And I think it's just the fact that we expect Kershaw to be the best pitcher in the game. And he hasn't necessarily happened in the postseason. And that's kind of what happened to Peyton Manning sometimes. Yeah. And Peyton Manning, he did get that second ring on a different franchise. So maybe to really execute the Peyton Manning path, he has to come over to the D-backs and help us win <laughs> one. You know, that might have to be what happens. But one hot take that people really think I have is Mookie Betts over Mike Trout. I think Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball. I know Mike Trout, the numbers are insane, but I, I can't, you know, argue with the facts that Mookie Betts, you know, won a World Series on the Red Sox and came over to the Dodgers, won another one. I know baseball, there's a lot of people. He wasn't the, just the only one doing that, but he is a culture setter. He's a culture changer. And I think he was, you know, the main reason why the, I think he was the most important reason why the Dodgers won the World Series in 2020. So what do you think of that take? Who do you have, Mookie Betts or Mike Trout as the best player in baseball? Yeah, after seeing, you know, last year you asked me, I say I say uh, Mike Trout, but after seeing Mookie Betts over a full season and postseason, it's really closed the gap to where it kind of depends what you want. You know, the thing with Mike Trout is that he's not going to win you any games if he's not hitting. You know, his defense has deteriorated a little bit. He's not really a big, big base stealer. Uh, if, you know, if he... And the, the fact that he, obviously he's playing on the Angels sometimes, he hasn't really had the best talent around him. So if he hits a single, he kind of gets stuck on first base. But I think with Mookie, it, it's just, you know, he didn't hit that well in the postseason, but he scored like 20 runs in 19 games or whatever. Anytime he got on base, he was somehow, you know, disrupting. He scored from third on a couple grounders in the infield a couple times. You know, he stole bases. He won every one of free taco in the World Series. So <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, as a complete baseball player, Mookie Betts is probably the guy, you know, in, in terms of everything. You know, Mike Trout probably has more talent and obviously the better numbers and everything else. Uh, but, it, you know, after what I saw the last year, I'm not entirely sure I would trade Mookie Betts for Mike Trout straight up, especially maybe in a one year, like, you know, for the next year, but for Mm -hmm. the next 10 years, you know, Mookie Betts at the very least, even if he doesn't hit, he's going to be a good defender. And, you know, assuming he doesn't lose too much speed, he'll still be a good, uh, you know, base dealer and and things of that nature. And obviously he brought a whole different mentality to the Dodgers, a team that won seven straight NOS titles without him. They weren't, you know, they, they had been to two world series without him, but he brought the mentality from day one, I'm here to win a World Series. Anytime he had an interview, the word World Series or this is not our job, blah, 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 whatever it was, was said every single time. And, you know, I, not a, a slight to Mike Trout, but he's just maybe not that type of leader. And he's never really had a team to kind of rally around him. So uh, he, he's been a little bit of benefit of, uh, or a you know product of that. But, yeah, Mookie Betts, it, it was just a different – it was different seeing him every single day last year. Yeah, and I get the Mike Trout doesn't have talent argument. I totally agree. He's had one of the worst pitching rotations in all of baseball since he's entered the league. I just think Mookie Betts, like you mentioned, I think he just has more intangibles to him, the the things you don't see. I think he brings a a certain electricity to the game, a certain just overall joy to the game that you don't really see with Mike Trout. Yes, he smiles and stuff, and he looks like a great guy. looks like he's having fun, but I think – 
Mookie Betts, his personality radiates to all the other players in his uh, on his team. I don't know. I could say that by uh, about Mike Trout. I think Mookie Betts' energy just radiates to a different level. So I'm always riding with Mookie Betts over Mike Trout in the who is the best player in baseball argument. But Vince, uh, give me one young player that we should keep an eye out for this season. It could be a prospect or it could just be a guy who is already on a major league roster who you think is going to break out this season. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the Jeff route on this one. Jeff is very high on Gavin Lux, who was <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, who was you know he he came up 2019, started the last few few uh, weeks of the season, ended up uh, working his way to, onto the starter in the playoffs. Kind of struggled last year, you know, missed the beginning of camp. Kind of started off slow, 60 game season. He never really got into the rhythm. Uh, so far this spring, he's been really, really good. And, you know, you think the Dodgers are going to probably give him the everyday second base role with the whole full 162. You know, they'll probably have a little bit longer leash on him than they did last year. So, you know, that's the one guy who's probably going to make the biggest impact this year uh, without injuries. Obviously, if injuries happen, that can change uh, for different reasons and different guys. But that's the one right now who's going to be on the opening day roster that's going to make a move this year. My biggest pet peeve with Jeff is whenever a guy gets an out on the Dodgers, he's like, that 115 miles per hour, you know, off the bat (laughs) with a launch angle of this degrees, that would have been a hit 54% of the time. It's like, let's just relax. There's players (laughs) playing defense for a reason, uh, making these outs. That's it for this edition of the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. Remember, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Broskowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Stay safe, stay healthy. Follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 or just look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Deuces!